For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Now, let's go in-depth. It is the KRMG Morning News, and it is the KRMG 8 a.m. in-depth hour. I am Rick Corey in for Dan Potter this morning on this, a stunning day one year ago when Tulsa had an August tornado, a very unusual thing. And imagine if you're Mayor G.T. Bynum, who's decided that you can't go on vacation in May because of storms, you can't go on vacation in December because of storms. Hey, I know, we'll go in August. So what do you do? You go to Hawaii, and then? I woke up in the morning with my phone completely full of texts and uh, lots of news alerts about a tornado that had occurred in Tulsa. So I immediately called my deputy mayor, Michael Junk, who thankfully was all over it. I booked the first flight I could get out of Hawaii and left my wife and kids behind. I made it two days into our big family vacation and got home the, it would have been that evening in Hawaii, but the next morning, Tulsa time and Went home, took a shower, and then uh, TPD picked me up, and we went right to the scene. All right, so at the scene, of course, the night before was our own Skylar Cooper, our own Russell Mills as well, and the guy who was on the air at Fox 23 and KRMG, Chief Meteorologist James Adelot, all here with me. And, and I want to start, James, with you, because we've we've had this conversation a dozen times already, but... An August tornado, first since, what, 55? Wasn't that the case? Yeah, it was only the second uh, EF2 tornado we've had in Tulsa County in records. I mean, it's, it, I mean, we're talking about forever, and especially in August. What did you remember predicting that day? I knew looking at instability, we would have at least a risk of severe storms. But when you looked at the atmospheric wind fields, I didn't really expect that we would have a tornado touchdown anywhere in green country. They were just so many of the ingredients missing that as we looked at those storms moving in from Kansas. So severe storms, yeah. Did they escalate? You bet. It got far more intense than we expected it to. What changed to get it to that next level? What of those missing things came back together? There were a lot of small scale things. When you go back and look at the data, which is important for us as meteorologists to do, and that's how we learn and grow. But when you go back and look at the data, there were a lot of small scale things that happened that you could actually see uh, on radar. You could see, okay, these wind fields are a little bit stronger than not only what the weather balloon and Norman sampled the evening before, but that some of the numerical models were predicting. So when you started seeing those ingredients, maybe it wasn't such a surprise after all. But then it happened so fast. There were so many, I mean, it didn't pop up. It was just suddenly there, which is why people complained about sirens, correct? Right. And in fact, I was just looking at some of the radar data this morning. It went from really the rotation level in the thunderstorm was nowhere near a point of alarm at all. Two minutes, 54 seconds later, we've got a tornado doing damage at 41st and Yale. When when you first heard that, what were you, what was your first thought? Was your first thought, oh gosh, I I I was worried about that, or was it were you just surprised? It's one of the things, and and we talk about it a lot in, in the science of meteorology. You instantly want to say, how did that happen? But you have to get rid of that thought very quickly yeah. because you've got business to do at that point. You can't have your mind occupied with how did that happen. 
Yeah. Same thing happened for our own Skylar Cooper. Now, I was actually coming back off vacation. I was getting off an airplane in California or in, in Dallas from California when my phone started lighting up. Now, Skylar Cooper was in bed in Broken Arrow and your response. Yeah, I woke up to an EAS alert on my phone, that loud, obnoxious noise that your phone makes when there's something going on. That's what woke me up. And I thought, what in the world? And when I saw all the push alerts from KRMG app about tornado warning right now and i thought wait a minute this is a mistake and you're waking up so you're thinking your, your mind's got to be in a thousand places right and i remember thinking okay yesterday when i went to bed there were i think it was just a thunderstorm watch james if i remember right that's all that was issued thunderstorm watch so i was like ah i'll be okay i can go to bed and not worry about this and I, I think i got about three hours of sleep and went okay so i realized and the immediate thing i did was look at my radar and see the the polygon the shape of the warning was right, right over me and i thought okay i can hide and take cover here or I can hit the road. And at the time I was still in an apartment. So I thought, well, I'm probably not very safe here anyway. So I'll just hit the road and go to work. And he was also in a second floor apartment. So I mean, you were at the top of, of your, of your complex. Yeah. You to go anyway. And I, I unfortunately, I, I guess I wasn't on call that weekend or whatever. So I didn't have a, a storm chaser vehicle with me. So I drove to the station first, got the vehicle. So I'd have all the equipment I would need. And then I hit the streets. And I, I think at that point, James, you were just getting in. And I remember uh, hearing you say, something about 41st and Yale. So I, I went straight there and little did I know what was just on the east side of Yale because they already had it blocked off. I pulled into a little shell station there and I talked to an officer and he said, just tell people to stay out of here. Uh, so I went back around to uh, 41st, 46th and Memorial in that area, but I was just right there on the edge of it. And if I had known what was on the other side, I, you know, I could have tried to snake my way through the parking lot of the mall or something. It's probably best that I stayed out of the way. That's what they want you to do. Sure. But yeah, it was it was an intense night, and I, I finally was able to get a nap, and then Russell and I went back to Ground Zero a little bit later, and you can actually go to krmg.com right now. I, I reposted our Facebook Live videos from that day as we walked around showing the damage, and James, it was just, I mean, that was obviously the brunt of it, but it actually touched down. There was two places and a third tornado up in Tulala, right? Right. And, you know, we don't want to gloss over the fact, yeah, we had that third tornado in Tulala, but also the north side of Broken Arrow yes. had that tornado damage, of course. Now, they were in the warding, and Rick, you touched on it earlier that people said, where were the sirens? You have to remember that thing was moving at 55 miles per hour. Yep. So by the time the warning was issued, that tornado was already out of the city of Tulsa, moving into Broken Arrow. Sirens went off in Broken Arrow. Many of the Fox 23 folks mm. woke up to sirens and, of course, the unmistakable EAS alert on the phone. First thing I remember seeing when I hit the road was trying to get on the BA from Elm, and there was a, a stoplight on the street. It had already fall, it just fallen out. The pole wasn't there, but just the light came off of the arm. So I, I thought, okay, what does that? Does you know? I, I wasn't thinking tornado yet. Sure. But once I got into Tulsa, it was pretty obvious. So you're driving to work <laughs> in a hurry, already looking at data. At that point, did, were you aware that it was going to skip out pretty quickly? What were you thinking? Yeah, and we knew uh, from the night before that if we had storms, they'd be moving pretty quickly. But uh, yeah, it was kind of a harrowing drive. And Fox 23 meteorologist uh, Laura Mock actually drove through part of that Broken Arrow tornado on the freeway in Broken Arrow trying right. to get to work. And I remember you can see the debris in the data on dual pole Doppler radar. So I knew that something had touched the ground and lofted debris. And then when I hit 169 between 51st and the Broken Arrow Expressway to take that cloverleaf ramp into work, and then I saw insulation and bits of roofing material on 169, that's when it hit home. Yeah, as a matter of fact, here's a little bit of Skylar. What will be the worst damage in town after what is most certainly a tornado hit last night. 
and I am at 41st Street in Darlington, which is just east of Yale. Behind me back here is Yale. That's Promenade Mall. Well, that's Carl's Jr., but that's Promenade Mall right on the other side. Um, to give you an idea, let me turn this around and show you what we've got, starting with looking back toward Yale. You look like you're a little unshaven right there. You were in a hurry, weren't you? <laughs> Interesting kind of spread of debris around here. So look at the way the power poles are broken that way. Everything's kind of leaning that way. And as you turn to this direction, power poles are leaning that way. And the businesses that are damaged, this storm came in odd because it's a summertime storm. It's not the traditional trajectory. So it came in kind of from the north and came in south to us. And the businesses that are damaged are on the south side and on the east side, which is not the way the storm came in. So very good indicators that that was rotation. That's an interesting point that you make there, and it's something that uh, if you do what we do for a living, you start to notice those kinds of things, that you notice that. And, and when you're first looking at that damage in, this, in the light, you have to be thinking that's much worse than maybe I thought last night. Absolutely, because like I said, I was just a block away from that with no idea what was on the other side of the street at that particular time. Yeah. And I saw, I was tell, on the air with James talking about, oh, here's a traffic light that's down and here's a tree that's broken. Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking, okay, well, how big was this thing? And then once I saw that in the, in the daylight, I thought, oh my goodness, this was big. Uh, you're listening to a KRMG In-Depth Hour, Rick Corey before Dan Potter. I'm joined by KRMG Skyler Cooper and of course, Fox 23 and KRMG Chief Meteorologist James Adelot as well. Now, one of the things about this storm is the recovery or the lack thereof in some of those things. We're going to go a little bit more in depth into that. And here's what I'd like you to do. If you were a part of it, if you were near it, if you had damage by it, if you know someone that was, just tell me your remembrances of that night as well. Text us at 95920 or leave us an open mic. Just open or download the KRMG app. Open that up and you can leave us an open mic as well so you'll know and you can be a part of what we're doing here as well. We tell you the three big things you need to know every 15 minutes all day. Now back to the KRMG Morning News 8 a.m. in-depth hour on News 1023 KRMG. I was driving for Uber and Lyft that night. Uh, there was debris flying everywhere, branches in the street, and puddles. And it, was, it was crazy that night. That's just one of the things we're getting right now by open mic and also getting text at 95920 about that day a year ago, that night at the tornado. This came in and said, hi, I'm listening to your show. I worked at Allstone Granite. We were hit hard, lost all three buildings on the tornado. It's really still hard to heal from this, and it's difficult to explain. The company went out of business, and it says thanks, and it's uh, I won't read the name, but a lady named Heather sent that in. And you can imagine, by the way, this is the KRMG in-depth hour on the tornado one year ago. I'm Rick Corey for Dan Potter, joined by Fox 23 and KRMG chief meteorologist James Adelot. Uh, KRMG Skyler Cooper is here. He was also out there. You can imagine, guys. I mean, we do this. We chase. You're here. And we're talking about what's happening there. But when you're there and you see it, like I was in Joplin or more, like you saw it here, and then you hear those stories, the face of why we do what we do really comes forward, doesn't it? It really does. And we were so so lucky in a way that if we had to have that happen, it happened at the time of day and the day of the week that it did. Imagine that happening at 2 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon or 2 o'clock any afternoon. Goodness. Yeah, it was tax-free weekend, too, so if it had been earlier that evening. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And KRMG's Russell Mills was also there, and he'll be in the studio with us in a minute. He joins us right now. And, Russell, uh, you and I have been to a lot of those EF5s, but this EF2 caused more damage than many people would remember. What were your first thoughts when you saw it? 
Well, my first thought was, so this was a tornado because, of course, when I first got there, Skylar was out like early morning hours. I got up uh, shortly after daylight and started looking over damage. And, uh, you know, my, my first thought was, oh, well, this was definitely a tornado. And as I started going through the entire scene, in fact, there's a video of it on the KRMG Facebook page. I was just sort of, you know, gobsmacked at just how much damage there was. And as I slowly learned that no, nobody was killed in this tornado, I was so thankful because it's just almost miraculous. There were businesses that were still open. If you'll remember, you know, the restaurants and that, that Whataburger, the Whataburger that had to be torn down it yeah. was damaged so badly there were people in there working and nobody got killed so i was very very grateful for that but it was quite something to see it was shocking and of course we're talking about as we go through the day the reaction and what's what's been happening out there when you first saw it though what what did you think was the worst damage were you did you think it was right there in that shopping center were you seeing what happened at remington what first came to your to your eyes so to speak yeah the first thing that i saw um that was really major was the Applebee's and that whole area around that, that little strip mall right there where the vintage stock was. Uh, it was just, just there was just rubble everywhere, cars turned upside down, uh, street lights knocked over. It was, I mean, it was a tornado scene. And you know what I always tell people when we have our, our tornado seminars and stuff, an EF2 is a huge tornado if it hits your home or your business. No doubt about that. It's a big that. deal. Yeah, there's no question about that. Now, we talked a little bit about the recovery out there, and some places still have not recovered. And we're really fortunate that we have Down to Business with Jessica Dyer on KRMG here on the weekends. Our own Skylar Cooper hosts that show. And he was able to get with Jessica, who was able to get with some people and help them when this was all over. Jessica Dyer is the owner and CEO at Spectrum of Hope Pediatric Therapy and Emerge Marketing, which both are in this new building, uh, older building, but newly redone building at 49th and Sheridan. And Jessica, after the tornado last year, you, I guess, just felt this need to help. So there were so many tenants from the Remington Tower that suddenly didn't have an office and had nowhere to go. And you had this new space that you weren't fully utilizing yet. And you just invited them to move in. I really did feel compelled to help because I had just gotten the building and I was a little bit disheveled from moving Emerge over into the new building where we were going to open the pediatric therapy center. And I couldn't imagine being a business owner and not having a place for my employees to go work and how that would impact my income. And I had a 34,000 square foot building. We hadn't started construction. It was empty. And I thought, what the heck? Why don't we give them a place to come until they can figure things out? Nobody really knew what was going to happen with the building. There was a lot of things that needed to still be assessed. So I was just inviting everybody out because I didn't want anybody to lose their jobs or lose their business. Having your operations down for a short period of time can be detrimental to a business. And turns out they were out of um, operation for a long time. They're still not back in the building. But many of the tenants that came to stay with us um, stayed for many, many months and kind of stepped over our construction. They became a part of the family. It was fun because every day they would come in and something different had been built in the building downstairs and they kind of became our family and a lot of them now have moved on to new offices and new buildings and I was really happy to help. So suddenly it was a matter of 
you had this plan to start your own business in there, and then now you're going to bring in all these. Do you remember how many total businesses you brought in? I think we had four or five total at one point, but you know, at our maximum, we had over 35 to 40 different people coming to work in our empty building every day, and they sat and worked on folding tables and folding chairs that I had taken out of our warehouse and lent them, and um, everybody was just so grateful. I mean, we had Mars Collection Agency in there. We had a State Farm agent in there. We had 918 Design in there and a couple of other businesses. And they were just so grateful to be there. And it wasn't convenient. It wasn't comfortable. But those employees came to work every day and served their clients and um, did a great job. And they were really respectful of us in our construction mess, too. And so because you were building it up currently, I guess you had to, I remember you built a website and you had to do something with your network because all these people need the internet. Oh yeah. So we, I said, oh yeah, you can come to our building. But when we did the event where we said, hey, anybody who wants to come to a town hall and talk, and we invited the owner of the tower to come and talk to them, we didn't expect to have as big of a turnout. We had 72 different businesses represented that afternoon, and I had actually not been in the building. I had just gotten the keys a few days before, and I didn't know how to work the thermostat. I didn't know how the lights worked, and we came in, we made do. I just had no idea how many people were really displaced when I made the offer, and it was pretty incredible how many people were just not sure what they were going to do and all their stuff was stuck in that tower. And it's really kind of remarkable too. That tower still sits there right now, unoccupied. And you heard some some of the stories we ran this morning saying that uh, they may have to take it down to the steel to rebuild it, that kind of thing. But why is it sitting there? Well, we're going to get a really good indication of that coming up in, in about five minutes or six minutes on the KRMG Morning News when Insurance Commissioner John Doak jo- joins us. And Skylar, I know you know a little bit about it because you were talking to Jessica about it, but there's a reason that building is standing there completely untouched and it has to do with a dispute. It does, yeah. And a few minutes ago when I was uh, speaking with Tulsa Mayor G.T. Bynum, he said, like we all notice, and every time you drive by, and Jessica and I had lunch at Panera the other day, and just looking at it, you're like, that's an eyesore. And the mayor told me the same thing. But uh, it basically boils down to an insurance dispute. And, you know, I I did try, I spent three or four days last week trying to get a hold of the owner of the building, and he would talk to us. So uh, we'll get it from the insurance commissioner who has a good idea of how these things work and can probably give us an insight in what's what's happening. Well, and you have to admit, you have to think, if you're the owner of that building and you're already in a dispute with the insurance company, company, anything you say may be held against you in a court of law, so to speak. So, I mean, you probably have to be pretty quiet going into that. But there are people, Senator Langford's office was in there. They had to move their office. James just looked it up and they're downtown now. There's so many people there who, and I wonder, you know, there may be people who lost jobs because businesses didn't go back to that. I mean, it's certainly something you might think of. It is a KRMG in-depth hour. I am Rick Corey in for Dan Potter and it's 825 on the KRMG Morning News on this Monday. When we come back, as we mentioned, it will be the insurance commissioner, John Doak. This is the 8 a.m. In-Depth Hour. In-Depth Hour. 8.33 on the KRMG Morning News. Rick Corey for Dan Potter. In that 8 a.m. In-Depth Hour, I'm joined by Fox 23 and KRMG Chief Meteorologist James Adelot. Also by KRMG reporters Russell Mills and Skylar Cooper, who were both there the night of that tornado. And, of course, now on the phone by Oklahoma Insurance Commissioner John Doak. John, thank you for taking the time to join us. I want to take you back to that night. Here in Tulsa, they talked about some possible storms. Certainly didn't talk about this. When you started getting notifications of what happened here in Tulsa, what's the first thing you start doing? Well, the first thing we start doing is start uh, activating our kind of severe weather team, the catastrophic team that gets ready for these events in a particular area around the state. And you're right, uh, this was a, 
uh, we were very fortunate in this incident, I believe, uh, because, you know, this was hit in a commercial area after hours, more or less. Uh, we know we had 30 injured, but uh, we try to get our team activated, and we know the resources will be uh, purely a support to the emergency management fire and rescue um, once they're all out of the way or assisting folks uh, uh, after that. So uh, our team was already ready to go, as we are many times around the state, but have to stand down, which is something we don't mind. But when something like this happens, um, our fraud team and consumer services are ready to go like we uh, we did in this instance. How quickly were you over here? Uh, we were over there that uh, that evening uh, and then the next day uh, with uh, um, some of the aftermath there. Uh, met the mayor. Uh, we were, you know, I think uh, he was traveling in from a vacation. Um, many times these things happen when people are out of state. So we took uh, did our job uh, and got some of the resources from the claims and insurance side rolling rather quickly. Now, we know, of course, that there's been some recovery there, but in Oklahoma, we are good at storm recovery, unfortunately, because it happens a lot. There's a lot of things that haven't recovered there, including Remington Tower. Can you give us some more insight? Well, we know that that's underway. And, uh, you know, fortunately in Oklahoma, we don't have many major structures like this that are damaged. Uh, You know, Oklahoma City has been missed, uh, uh, major buildings, and Tulsa for quite some time. But we know this is also a high probability given the area that we're in. And whenever you have a, an, uh, a damage to a high-rise structure like that, it's very, very complex. There's structural engineering uh, things that come into play. It's a completely different catastrophic large, large cat claim that uh, folks respond to differently. And then after uh, a major damage to a building like that, you can have subsequent claims uh, due to weather, uh, you know, there could be, you know, water losses, there could be inside damage ongoing. Um, so that's a very complex claim, but we do know that it's underway. Um, we've uh, helped some of the parties get together there, and uh, that's more of a private sector issue now. Uh, and if they need any additional help or resources a long way from the Oklahoma Insurance Department, you know, we stand ready to help them, uh, much like we would help a consumer. But again, these things take a lot of time. And there's, uh, I think there was over 170 businesses hit. And one of the key components for businesses is loss of use. Business continuation coverage is really key to keep them uh, be able to pay the bills, keep things moving along. So that's a, that's a major part of commercial coverage, which uh, uh, most of these policies had. You're listening to the KRMG Morning News. It's an 8 a.m. in-depth hour. Rick Corey in for Dan Potter. It's 837. Insurance Commissioner Don Doak joining us now as we talk about that tornado from August of last year, one year ago today, joined by KRMG's Skylar Cooper and by KRMG's Russell Mills. I'm curious. You you told me that there were been millions of dollars that have already been paid out in that loss of use, and, and that did include some of the folks in Remington, Correct. Uh, that that is correct to our knowledge. Uh, while those are confidential matters, we know that you know a lot of dollars uh, start to flow immediately uh, from insurance companies um, when a business cannot reopen. Uh, specifically, if they were fortunate enough to have business agent or broker that understood while these uh, loss of use business continuation parts of your policy, many folks don't pay many much attention to them, Russell. But it is a critical factor for an ongoing concern, especially a business entity. Um, so that's a, 
we know that we've got great agents and brokers in Oklahoma, um, and we know that many of these companies were with able to you know keep keep some of their uh, um, ongoing concerns. <clears throat> but that's the you know that's really the miracle of insurance is that uh, you know they, we don't these losses are expected, uh, and they've got folks to be able to respond to that. So um, it's a really an economic financial cycle after a major loss. You look at more. Uh, you look at different parts of Oklahoma, but when the uh, insurance companies come in and start to pay these, uh, you know, hopefully local Tulsa, Oklahoma contractors to do the work, uh, that puts money immediately right back into, you know, the Tulsa economy for on the longer term as they begin to do these rebuilds. Only got about a minute left, but tell us what's, what's next. Where do we stand now? What are we still dealing with there? Well, we believe that there are most of these, uh, given that there were 170 businesses, most of these are, uh, you know, some of them are completely reopened and, and back working or moved to another location. Uh, we believe that uh, uh, they have been, you know, taken care of to a very high degree. If they're, if they have not, uh, and if they still are having issues here at this late date, uh, we hope that they would have contacted us by now. But they can always reach out to us at one eight hundred five two two. Uh, we'd like to know, but uh, the area, and we know that um, many of these companies are back operating uh, and did so pretty quickly after after the storm. And in the meantime, you've got a kiddo to get off to University of New Mexico to play baseball. That's right. Hey, man, I'm very excited about that. I'm a, I'm a new Lobo fan, and uh, we'll be we'll be watching the Mountain West Division with uh, with interest this year. And remember what I told you: get with me before you go, because I can tell you the restaurants, my friend. He's there. He's right. calling us from New Mexico. <laughs> uh, that is all right. Well, if you haven't gone to the range yet, go to the range, and then make sure to go to Monte Carlo Steakhouse. It's a steakhouse in the back of a liquor store. You got to try it. <laughs> Done deal. Thank you all for your coverage of the storm. Right. You always do a great job. We appreciate you very much. Thanks, Commissioner. Tell you the three big things you need to know every 15 minutes, all day. Now, back to the KRMG Morning News, 8 a.m. in-depth hour on News 1023 KRMG. 846, Rick Corey in for Dan Potter on that KRMG in-depth hour, talking about the tornado that hit Tulsa one year ago. And one of the biggest parts of it is the recovery. Who's back and who's not? KRMG's Russell Mills had a chance to take a look at some of each. The first question is, House business seems like it seems to be doing well. It's been doing really well. Uh, the first month was a little slow getting off the ground in February. Not a lot of people knew we were back. Uh, then we got a sign back up on the road in March, and since then, business has really started to pick up really well. So let me do the math. Let's see. Uh, August, September, October, November, December, January. Like, it took seven months. It did. To basically move down, what, two doors? <laughs> yeah, we worked it out with Pooches. This used to be their building. They were generous enough to let us use it instead until our old place gets built. And it's that the plan is to move back into where you originally were? Yes, uh, mid-September we'll be going back into our old location, so we're really excited for that. And that is just a couple, like a month away. Yep, we're almost there. Now, I just drove by there. It doesn't look to me like anybody's going to be moving in soon. But Yeah, well, they're working really hard. They've been um, going at it pretty far. As far as we know, we're on track to get back in there in September. It might be pushed back a week or two with weather implementing, uh, but as far as we know, we'll be back in September. So you guys got a lot of stuff. There's a lot of moving parts to this store. Definitely. How much of it were you able to recover from? Unfortunately, none of it. Um, For us, personally, we didn't get any. We got about 5% of it because the tornado hit and then it rained for three days after. Um, But that 5% or so that we did save went to a pawn shop. Um, They sold it separately, and they just um, took care of us in that sense. Unfortunately, all the cool stuff got damaged and destroyed, like all the consoles and toys. 
that so they, that was a major blow. Mm. I presume it was all insured and everything. It was, yes. Um, so the company was able to recuperate some of the damaged costs, but unfortunately that doesn't bring back the cool stuff that we had. That is, of course, our own Russell Mills. And Russell there, you're talking to the owner of Vintage Stock. and One of the employees. Okay. He wasn't the owner. but yeah. you, you mentioned that they're getting ready to go back into their new, they're into their new space a year later. Yeah, it's amazing, uh, really. And there are a couple of businesses that that's just not going to happen. The Thank God It's Fridays is still gutted. Um, the AT&T store that was right next to it still gutted. The, some of the stuff along the strip mall just to the south of where that vintage stock stood. Um, there's work being done just to make it look okay, but I'm moving back in. He said they're going to be back in their new their original space in September next month. Um, that's pretty amazing considering all the moving parts there. Considering where we've been, all of us, after storms, and again, I go back to Joplin and, and, and more, you go back a year later and almost everything is done. I mean, even in Joplin after all those storms. So to have a couple of things still not done to me is stunning. But then again, as John Doak says, it's different with businesses. Uh, one of the people here with us is Fox 23 and KRMG Chief and Meteorologist James Adelot. I've been asking this question, James, for a year. I don't think there's a it's to me there's not a storm season in Oklahoma anymore. And I know you can always point out, yes, we have tornadoes in October and all that kind of thing. I know that the weather can change. But there was a time when it turned to June first and people just didn't worry about it again until next year. But that's not the case anymore. What's changing with our weather? You know, as we look long term at possibly climate change happening and what it takes to get tornadoes. Of course you need the deep shear instability, a trigger, and you need the wind structure in the atmosphere to be just perfect. Anytime you get those four ingredients together, we've seen it in December. Tulsa has had a Christmas Eve tornado. It just doesn't seem to happen very often in the dead of summer. Your July's and August, that tornado in August, only the second one we have seen at least as long as we've kept tornado records in Tulsa County. So, I mean, does this mean that we really are always in storm season? We should always be thinking that way? It's not a bad plan, actually. We get the ingredients here, and we can get them here fast. Of course, that happens a lot more often in April, May, and early June. But as we've seen just in the last 10 years, Oklahoma has had tornadoes in nearly every month of the year. Yeah, we, had, we had a tornado warning in, in January. I mean, January in southern Oklahoma. And I just, I don't know, I grew up here. I mean, and, and it just seemed, you showed you. I don't remember that uh, when I was growing up. And maybe we were kids and didn't think about it. I mean, did it happen then and we just didn't know? It did happen. We've had some big tornado outbreaks in February 1975, mostly central and southwest Oklahoma. Of course, December 5th, 75 in East Tulsa, the right. one uh, in the early 80s in South Tulsa on Christmas Eve. It can happen. Just anytime you get these ingredients together. We had a uh, killer tornado on New Year's Eve, just a few years ago, just on the Arkansas-Oklahoma state line. So it can happen. It is a different time. There's no question <laughs> about that. And you, I guess I guess the one good thing is we're not going to have a winter storm in July, and that's all there is to it. <laughs> Amen, brother. All right, so the, that's not going to happen. So again, joined by KRMG reporter Skylar Cooper and, and Russell Mills, who were both there. What's your final takeaways about this? Well, for me, and actually, it's another question for James. You know, that one came by such surprise. We had the thunderstorm watch, but then, oh, here's a tornado. So if people do need to keep their guard up a little bit more, is it only when we see, like, are we going to have more advanced than this one? Because it seemed to catch everybody by total surprise. It did. And so many things that led up to this were so subtle meteorologically. So it helps us meteorologically to go back and look at that stuff. So maybe next time. We're a little more in tune with that. But thankfully now there are so many ways to stay 
weather aware with KRMG and Fox 23 weather apps, the the EAS alerts on smartphones, you can do it. Russell? Uh, my takeaway is it is a miracle that this happened at 1.30 in the morning. Um, thank God, because can you imagine just the Remington Tower alone? Can you imagine that tornado did damage literally from the basement to the roof, sucked everything out of that building? Can you imagine if it had been full of people? I'm just thankful that we came through as well as we did. And we, there were people who were hurt. And, and oh, hurt, yes, there and were. And don't want to diminish no that question. in any way or, or the loss of people's businesses, but it could have been so much worse if it had been 1.30 in the afternoon and not one. And we talked morning. an awful lot about businesses, but you talked to a lady whose home was... I, mean, I that, did. That, that I will never forget there. my conversation with Jeannie Pryor, who was just sitting there going, I... I and we had the sound, and we're not going to have time to play it. It's, it's too bad. But she's, she was just sitting there going, I knew it was a tornado, and I knew I was going to, you know, my house was going to be destroyed. And it was just, we had a lot of folks who took a little bit of damage. And so a very, very difficult time. So um, are you saying, do we have them? We do. Okay, so Fox 23 and KRMG's Preston Jones is actually out there where this happened. We've only got about 30 seconds, Preston, but as you're standing there right now looking around, what are you seeing as far as what has been done and what still needs to be done? Yeah, well, the Waterburger is an empty lot. That's what we're looking at. Uh, the Remington Tower, also a big mess with many of the boarded up windows and the future uncertain for that building. There is construction happening right now over at where Woodcraft and AT&T used to be. Uh, those workers are out here one year later trying to rebuild all of this. Is it, is it shocking to you that it's still like, like that a year later? Uh, as bad as that storm damage was, it is not too surprising, especially the Remington Tower. I mean, there's still pieces of the building hanging off the side there. So uh, no one knows what's next for that. Well, thank you. And thank you for being out there for us this morning. It's 854 on the KRMG Morning News. Rick Roy for Dan Potter. Thank you to uh, Skylar Cooper, to Russell Mills, and to Fox 23 and KRMG Chief Meteorologist James Adelot and Insurance Commissioner John Doak for being a part of this special in-depth hour. We'd like to continue hearing from you. Leave us open mics. Uh, just download or open the KRMG app or text us at 95920. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.